0: several announcements uh, this weekend again a reminder be aware of a change of schedule for the Saturday mass on June 4th uh, that mass will be an extended vigil mass with extra scripture readings to observe the solemnity of pentecost that weekend to help you remember that this will not be a regular Saturday evening mass The Mass that evening will begin at 5.30 p.m. So please mark your calendars now and be aware that the only change is for June 4th. And that change is only that one Mass Saturday evening that will be at 5.30 p.m. The parish staff is providing all parents of school-age children with an advance notice of the next children and youth formation registration date for your planning purposes. Registration for the fall 2022-2023 formation year will start on Sunday, August 14th after the 10 a.m. mass. So please save this date in your calendars and be aware that after the 10 a.m. mass on August 14th, we'll begin to open registration for your children and youth and hope that you will uh, plan to do that efficiently and and quickly so that we can have a sense of our planning needs for the upcoming year. A great practical and direct way to serve the parish is by joining uh, the group we call, kind of tongue in cheek, our grass choppers, our mowing teams. Uh, who help maintain our lawns. You can see the bulletin for much more information on how to be a volunteer. Uh, This service saves the parish tens of thousands of dollars annually, since we don't have to hire the service out, and it has saved us hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of our parish history. It's a great hands-on way uh, to serve the parish, and I ask you to consider joining, see the bulletin for more information. Several weeks back, I asked your prayers for a young orphan named Arter in the Ukraine uh, whose adoption process has begun with a family in this parish. Uh, While the adoption process will continue for some time, I'm happy to report uh, that Arter and the rest of his orphanage did finally uh, leave the Ukraine for a safer location, so we can be thankful for that. We continue to pray for that situation. This weekend is commonly known as Good Shepherd Sunday because we hear from John's Gospel, chapter 10, where Jesus uses the image of sheep and shepherd, and in verses just before the passage we heard today, calls himself the Good Shepherd. Good Shepherd Sunday is also a time to give focus to prayer and to our efforts to encourage vocations in our parish by directly speaking to the young people in our midst and in your families about the call of Jesus in their lives. In your charity, I ask for your prayers for me as your pastor and uh, for Father Bali in the great way he assists me in the work of shepherding and believe me I'm aware of that all the more right now while he's away on vacation (laughs) feeling a little more tired than would be normal. In our prayers for young people, we need to create an atmosphere in our families where being open to God's call to a religious vocation is fostered and even expected. On Good Shepherd Sunday, I ask you to pray that the young men in our midst whom God is calling to the priesthood, that they would hear his voice and that obstacles to hearing that call would be removed so that they can respond as future priests. I ask you to pray, too, that the young women in our midst whom God is calling to be religious, that they would have the courage to follow the divine Lamb of God and to be a future bride of the Lamb. Speaking of himself as shepherd in relationship to the sheep, Jesus says, I know them. A shepherd in Palestine would spend all day and night night with the sheep. And over the course of so many hours and days spent with them, he would know their sound. He would know the typical sounds they make, the calls they make. He would know the sounds when they're in distress and something might be afoot. He knows their behavior. Now we who are not shepherds and may be unfamiliar with that life can certainly understand and get a glimpse of this and how true this is if we consider how we might know a pet. One time my mom sent me a pic of our family pet, a situation uh, that she hoped I would believe was a natural occurring event. The photo was totally staged, but mom did not tell me it was staged, hoping I would think it was true, but I knew immediately. And when I texted her back, oh please, that is totally fake. (laughs) She was amazed and asked how I knew. I told her that because I knew his behavior, I could tell by how our pet was holding his ears that he was not relaxed and that he was suspicious something was up, and that told me it was totally staged. We might, considering this, appreciate how true it is that the shepherd knows his sheep, as Jesus says. And of course, it is important for us to move out of the realm of literal animals, literal sheep, and to hear the Lord's words as referring to us. He knows us, we are his sheep, he is our shepherd. Notice in the passage that we heard from the gospel, what we might call a progression uh, or an order, hierarchy of shepherding in this passage. Our Lord, the good shepherd, sort of stands in the middle, in a sense, of this order. Earlier in John's gospel, chapter 10, he references himself as the good shepherd. But here, in the brief passage we heard today, he references the way in which the Father is the shepherd. That's the implication of his words. The Father is greater, and he has given the sheep to the Son, to the good shepherd. And likewise, descending in order, we know that the Lord has established his church with visible shepherds who govern in his place as vicars, most especially the apostles and their successors, the bishops. In fact, just last Sunday, we heard of this final order of shepherds because the Lord was clearly choosing St. Peter as a shepherd when he told him three times, Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, and feed my sheep. I want to suggest for us that the Lord has so designed his church in fulfillment of the Father's mission that there is a unity among the progression or the order of shepherds. This is a clear meaning of the words the Lord says, The Father and I are one. In other words, the Son does not shepherd in a different way than the Father does. Likewise, our Good Shepherd has given us an assurance that the legitimately constituted apostolic shepherds guide us rightly when they are faithful to the deposit of faith, which is the sacred scripture and the sacred tradition. When they speak to us these truths, they amplify the one voice of our Good Shepherd, and we can recognize the voice we hear Should the bishops not speak in accord with the deposit of faith, a dissonance is introduced into that voice and we can recognize it as departing from the fullness of truth. It cannot be emphasized enough that there is no guarantee from the Lord in this passage or other places that one cannot or will not be separated from the Good Shepherd. In fact, quite the opposite is claimed. As St. John later records in chapter 15, when Jesus describes himself as the vine, you, my disciples, are the branches. He says that the vine, if the branches do not bear fruit, that the branches will be cut off from the vine and thrown out. Likewise, the example of Judas is a clear indication that we can freely choose to separate ourselves And to be lost. But if we are sheep of the Good Shepherd, we hear his voice and we follow him. It's the implication of this passage that following him is a reference to the moral way of life, the way we live. I think it is critical that we embrace this in our confused age. In our time, and to great extremes, we have a self-referential culture that exalts the individual, the I, above any duty or obligation to another person, and even exalts the individual above reality itself. This is in part why people can follow, promote, and defend outlandish immorality as a good, because they claim it fulfills the self, and no one in this way of thinking can limit another person's self-actualization. This is in part why people can claim to be something their own physical body clearly manifests they are not. In this self-referential culture, nothing, not Not even physicality, biology, or anatomy is more concretely true than what the person decides he or she is, how he or she identifies. Sadly and frankly, we find many a Catholic holding such opinions that do not come from the voice of the Good Shepherd. Politicians of the highest order, celebrities, groups that call themselves Catholic while supporting positions at odds with the faith. All this goes on in a narcissistic age. Whatever that is, it is clear it is not at all listening, listening to and hearing and following the voice of the Good Shepherd. My brothers and sisters, we live in an age that can choose to listen to any number of voices Because of that, our social life will be a cacophony of dissonant noise at times. Like Paul and Barnabas in the first reading, we too will face a society that is filled with jealousy and with violent abuse, who will contradict and malign and even come after us. But listening again to the scriptures this weekend, let nothing take away our joy in the Holy Spirit, even in suffering and abuse. In the spiritual battle that we must undertake, we are protected by our good shepherd. That's one of the implications of today's passage. We're protected by our good shepherd who said, no one can take them out of my hand. It's a reference to a spiritual protection the shepherd provides. We listen to the voice of our Good Shepherd. We follow him so that we may follow the narrow way to eternal life. And along the way, we share the truth of what our Good Shepherd speaks so that others may be freed of the lies and ideologies and sins that enslave them. We give them a chance to join us as sheep of the flock, That will require us to pray so that we have an intimate relationship with the Lord, our Good Shepherd. And it will require us to accept sacrifice and maybe even abuse from those who oppose us. This is the path our own Good Shepherd traveled. It must be ours too. For as we sang in the psalm, we are his people, the sheep of his flock.